Hey, what's up, Grand Theft Auto lover? My name's Jaden. Guess what this is? It's the GTA Podcast. Hello, griefers and grinders. Welcome back to another episode of the Grand Theft Auto Podcast, the greatest Grand Theft Auto podcast in the world. Probably the only one. Let's not sweat the details. Today, I bring you another trip down memory lane where we talk about the history of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I absolutely loved this game. I don't remember a whole lot about it because it's been so long since I played it, but that I do remember. I remember loving it, and I remember being super excited for it to come out, uh, just just like every version. So, so what's new? I mean, this really is the greatest franchise ever. I apologize for two things that it took me so long to get this episode out. It's literally a worldwide pandemic, but don't worry about that. You don't want to hear that. You're not going to hear about that. That was it. The second thing I want to apologize about is for some reason my mic was having some weird feedback issue, like it was picking up static or like some sort of radio wave, I think. It was very minor, but I do apologize. I fixed it about halfway through, I think, by putting my phone on airplane mode. But uh, it's not too bad, I hopefully, so uh, forgive me for that. And while you're deciding whether or not you're going to forgive me, enjoy the history of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Grand Theft Auto Vice City is a 2002 action-adventure game developed by Rockstar North and published by Rockstar Games. It is the first entry in the Grand Theft Auto series since 2001's Grand Theft Auto 3. Set in 1986 within the fictional Vice City, based on Miami, the game follows mobster Tommy Versetti following his recent release from prison. After he is caught up in an ambush drug deal, he seeks out those responsible while building a criminal empire and seizing power from other criminal organizations in the city. The game is played from a third-person perspective, and its world is navigated on foot or by vehicle. The open-world design lets the players freely roam Vice City, consisting of two main islands. The game's plot is based on multiple real-world people and events in Miami such as Cubans, Haitians, and biker gangs, the 1980s crack pandemic, and mafiosa drug lords of Miami, along with the dominance of glam metal. The game was also influenced by the film and television of the era, including Scarface and Miami Vice. Much of the development work constituted creating the game world to fit the inspiration and time period. The development team conducted extensive field research in Miami while creating the world. The game was released in October 2002 for the PlayStation 2, in May 2003 for Microsoft Windows, and in October 2003 for the Xbox. Upon release, Vice City received critical acclaim, with praise particularly directed at its music, gameplay, and open-world design. However, the game also generated controversy over its depiction of violence and racial groups, sparking lawsuits and protests. Vice City became the best-selling video game of 2002 and has sold over 17.5 million copies. 
considered one of the most significant titles of the sixth generation of video games and one of the greatest video games ever made, it won numerous year-end accolades including Game of the Year awards from several gaming publications. Since its release, the game has received numerous ports to many gaming platforms. An enhanced version was released for mobile platforms in 2012 for the game's 10th anniversary. Its successor, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, was released in 2004, and a prequel, Vice City Stories, was released in 2006. Gameplay Grand Theft Auto Vice City is an action-adventure game played from the third-person perspective. The player controls Tommy Versetti and completes missions, linear scenarios with set objectives, to progress through the story. It is possible to have several active missions running at one time, as some missions require the player to wait for further instructions or events. Outside of missions, the player can freely roam the game's open world and has the ability to complete optional side missions. Composed of two main islands and several smaller areas, the world is much larger in area than earlier entries in the series. The islands are unlocked for the player as the story progresses. The player may run, jump, or drive vehicles to navigate the game's world. The player uses melee attacks, firearms, and explosives to fight enemies. The firearms include weapons such as the Colt Python, an M60 machine gun, and a minigun. The game's three-dimensional environment allows a first-person view while aiming with the sniper rifle and rocket launcher. In addition, the game's combat allows the player to commit drive-by shootings by facing sideways in a vehicle. The game provides the player a wide variety of weapon options. They can be purchased from local firearm dealers, found on the ground, retrieved from dead enemies, or found around the city. In combat, auto-aim can be used as assistance against enemies. Should the player take damage, their health meter can be fully regenerated through the use of health pickups. Body armor can be used to absorb gunshots and explosive damage, but is used up in the process. When health is entirely depleted, gameplay stops and the player respawns at the nearest hospital while losing all weapons and armor and some of their money. If the player commits crimes while playing, the game's law enforcement agencies may respond as indicated by a, quote, wanted meter in the head-up display, which increases as the player commits more crimes. On the meter, the displayed stars indicate the current wanted level, and the higher the level, the greater the response for law enforcement. During the story, Tommy meets characters from various gangs. As the player completes missions for different gangs, Fellow gang members will often defend the player, while rival gang members will recognize the player and subsequently shoot him on sight. While free-roaming the game world, the player may engage in activities such as vigilante minigames, a firefight activity, and a taxicab service. Completion of these activities grants the player with context-specific rewards. As Tommy builds his criminal empire, the player may purchase a number of properties distributed across the city, some of which act as additional hideouts where weapons can be collected and vehicles can be stored. There are also a variety of businesses which can be purchased, including a pornographic film studio, a taxi company, and several entertainment clubs. Each commercial property has a number of missions attached to it, such as eliminating competition 
or stealing equipment. Once all missions are complete, the property begins to generate an ongoing income available for the player. Plot in 1986, Ferelli mobster Tommy Versetti is released from prison after serving a 15-year sentence for murder. His boss, Sonny Ferelli, seeking to establish drug operations in the South, sends Tommy to Vice City following his release to oversee an important drug deal alongside crooked lawyer Ken Rosenberg. However, the deal is ambushed by unknown assailants, with Tommy and Ken barely escaping it. Angered upon hearing the news, Sonny orders Tommy to recover the drugs alongside the money he gave under the threat of consequences. Seeking information, Ken points Tommy towards Colonel Juan Garcia Cortez, who helped set up the exchange. Expressing regret for the ambush, Cortez promises to find out who masterminded it. While investigating, Tommy meets with several people who offer him help. Music producer Kent Paul, who maintains connections with the city's criminal underworld. Lance Vance, who aided in the deal and lost his brother in the ambush. Texan real estate developer Avery Carrington, who asked Tommy for help on several deals. And drug kingpin Ricardo Diaz, who also employs Tommy, but treats him as nothing but a lackey. Eventually, Cortez begins voicing his suspicions that Diaz organized the ambush. After Lance attempts to kill him upon learning of this, Tommy finds himself forced to kill Diaz before he can retaliate against the pair. As a result, he takes over and forms his own organization, distancing himself from the Ferellis. To solidify his empire, Avery recommends him to force businesses to pay him protection money and buy out nearly bankrupt companies to use as fronts for illicit businesses. At the same time, Tommy aids a number of gangs in their businesses and helps Cortez leave the city with stolen military equipment. Eventually, Sonny discovers that Tommy has gained complete control over Vice City's drug trade without cutting the Ferrellis in. Enraged at his independence, Sonny sends mobsters to forcefully collect money from Tommy's businesses. In response, Tommy eliminates them and severs his ties to the Ferrellis. Learning Sonny is coming to Vice City to collect what he believes he is owed, Tommy prepares to pay him tribute with counterfeit money. However, Sonny reveals that Lance has betrayed him, having felt inadequate in his presence since his rise to power. A shootout ensues in Tommy's mansion, during which he prevents the Ferellis from stealing his money and kills Lance for his betrayal, before finally killing Sonny in a tense standoff. When Ken arrives to the scene of the carnage, Tommy quickly reassures him that everything is now fine, as he has finally established himself as the undisputed crime kingpin of Vice City. Development Rockstar North began to develop Vice City in late 2001, around the time of Grand Theft Auto 3's release. While initial development only involved creating 3D models, executive producer Ham Sam Hauser said, it really kicked off at the beginning of 2002 and lasted about nine months. After the release of the Windows version of Grand Theft Auto 3, the development team discussed creating a mission pack for the game that would add new weapons, vehicles, and missions. Upon further discussion, the team decided to make this concept a standalone game, which became Vice City. 
The game was announced on May 22, 2002 during the Electronic Entertainment Expo. It was Rockstar North's most expensive game at the time, with a budget of $5 million. On September 5, 2002, the company announced that the release date of October 22nd had been postponed until October 29th to meet product demand. By October 15, 2002, development of Vice City had stopped as the game was submitted for manufacturing. The game was added to the Rockstar Games launcher in September 2019. Setting The game is set in 1986 in fictional Vice City, which is based heavily on the city of Miami. Vice City previously appeared in the original Grand Theft Auto. The development team decided to reuse the location and incorporate ideas from within the studio and the fan base. They wanted to satirize a location that was not contemporary, unlike Grand Theft Auto 3's Liberty City. The team wanted to choose a location that had various similarities and differences to New York City, the inspiration of Liberty City, eventually leading them to Miami, which producer Leslie Benzies described as, quote, a party town, all sun and sea and sex, but with that same dark edge underneath. Sam Hauser called it, quote, the grooviest era of crime because it didn't feel like it was crime. It was a totally topsy-turvy back-to-front period. The team intended to make Vice City a, quote, living, breathing city for the player to feel like life still goes on while the character is inside a building. The game's look, particularly the clothing and vehicles, reflect its 1980s setting. Many themes are borrowed from the major films Scarface and Carlito's Way, the latter for its characterization and portrayal of nuanced criminals. The television series Miami Vice was also a major influence and was regularly watched by the team throughout development. Art director Aaron Garbu used the series as a reference point in creating neon lighting. In recreating a 1980s setting, the team found it, quote, relatively painless due to the distinct culture of the time period and the team's familiarity of the era. The art team was provided with large volumes of research, as well as reference photographs from other members of the development team. The team organized field research trips to Miami shortly after the development of Grand Theft Auto 3, splitting into small teams and observing the streets. So basically they all went there and partied. <laughs> Story and characters. The team spent time, quote, solving the riddle of a speaking protagonist, a notable departure from Grand Theft Auto 3's silent protagonist, Claude. Ray Liotta portrayed protagonist Tommy Versetti. Liotta described the role as challenging, quoting him, you're creating a character that's not there before. It's so intensive. When recording the role, the team used blue screen in order to allow Leota to visualize how it's going to move, unquote. The team ensured that the player felt, quote, real affinity for Tommy, making the narrative a key development interest. Dan Hauser described Tommy as, quote, strong and dangerous and prepared to wait for the right opportunity to arrive. Director Navid Kansari, sorry if I mispronounce your name, recalled Leota frequently complaining on set and found him difficult to work with as a result. He says, In some sessions he was 
into it, but then sometimes he was very dark and couldn't work, said Sam Hauser. Following the game's success, Leota reportedly complained that he was underpaid for the role. The majority of the game's animations were original, with only a few borrowed from Grand Theft Auto 3. For the characters, the team used motion capture and stop-motion animation techniques. Cutscenes used the former, while gameplay movements use a combination of both techniques. The team encountered difficulty in animating motorcycle animations due in part to the variety of models. The pedestrian character models use skins in Vice City, allowing the artist to produce more realistic characters. There are 110 unique pedestrian models throughout the game world alongside roughly 50 story characters. Each character is rendered using twice the amount of polygons and textures found in Grand Theft Auto 3. This also impacted the character physics, improving gameplay aspects such as weapon hit accuracy. Some character models and scenarios were inspired by films such as The Godfather, and the game's presentation was inspired by action television shows of the 1980s. The interplay between Tommy Versetti and Lance Vance was crafted to be similar to the relationship of Miami Vice's Sonny Crockett and Ricardo Tubbs. Sound and Music Production The game features 8,000 lines of recorded dialogue, four times the amount in Grand Theft Auto 3. It contains over 90 minutes of cutscenes and nine hours of music, with more than 113 songs and commercials. The team was interested in the challenge of creating the game's soundtrack particularly in contrast to Grand Theft Auto 3's music, which Sam Hauser described as, quote, clearly satirical and its own thing. In developing the radio stations, the team wanted to reinforce the game's setting by collating a variety of songs from the 1980s and therefore performed extensive research. The radio stations were published by Epic Records in seven albums, known collectively as Grand Theft Auto, Vice City official soundtrack box set, alongside the game in October 2002. Vice City contains about three times as much talk radio as Grand Theft Auto 3. Producer and talk show host Laszlo Jones stated that the small percentage of station listeners that actually call in are insane. In Vice City, the team bumped it up a notch, emphasizing the extremity. Dan Hauser felt that the talk stations give depth to the game world. Critical Reception Initial Release Grand Theft Auto Vice City was released to critical acclaim. Metacritic calculated an average score of 95 out of 100, indicating universal acclaim, based on 62 reviews. It is Metacritic's highest-rated PlayStation 2 game of 2002, and the fifth highest rated PlayStation 2 game overall, tied with a number of others. Reviewers liked the game's sound and music, open-ended gameplay, and open-world design, though some criticism was directed at the controls and technical issues. IGN's Douglas Perry declared it one of the most impressive games of 2002, and GameSpy's Raymond Padilla named the experience deep, devilishly enjoyable, and unique. Reviewers generally considered the missions an improvement over Grand Theft Auto 3, although some noted occasional awkwardness and frustration. 
IGN's Perry wrote that the game's missions give the player a stronger feeling of being inside a story within a world that truly exists. Game Informer's Matt Hegelson found the missions to be more complex, and all games Scott Allen Marriott felt that the storyline was improved as a result. Marriott also found the lead character of Tommy to be more engaging than Grand Theft Auto 3's Claude. IGN's Perry felt that Rockstar, quote, found the right person and right choice. And Edge wrote that Tommy sweats charisma, commending Ray Liotta's performance. The game's open-world design was praised by reviewers, many of whom felt that it contained more detail and felt more alive than its predecessors. GameSpy's Padilla made favorable comparisons between Vice City and Grand Theft Auto 3's Liberty City, noting the former's level of detail. Game Revolution's Ben Silverman wrote that the game's depth is unparalleled, praising the world's realism and detail, while all games Marriott commended the, quote, ambitious scope in design. Marriott of all game named Vice City an unforgettable listening experience, and Perry of IGN declared the music as the most impressive list of songs in a game. Many reviewers commended the game's radio stations and talk radio, and many felt that the game's collection of licensed 1980s music fit the tone and time of period of the world. The voice acting also received praise. GameSpot's Jeff Gersman named the cast of characters colorful and memorable, and IGN's Perry found the voice acting, quote, among one of the best of its kind. Game Revolution Silverman felt that the acting, quote, gives the story credence. Many reviewers found that the game offers a better variety of vehicles than Grand Theft Auto 3 and found them easier to control. GameSpot's Gersman wrote that the driving experience is more exciting and dangerous, and IGN's Perry found the motorcycle's controls pleasing. In addition to the vehicle handling, reviewers noted improvements in the targeting and the shooting mechanics, although still recognized issues. Hegelson of Game Informer wrote that, quote, targeting is improved to the point where combat can actually be fun. Some reviewers recognized an improved draw distance over Grand Theft Auto 3, although many identified frame rate drops during hardware-intense sequences. The changes in character models polarized reviews, while GameSpy's Padilla and IGN's Perry noted the improvement in character models, Eurogamer's Tom Bramwell considered it maddening to see that character models haven't been smartened up at all. The game's artificial intelligence and long load times were frequently criticized in reviews, and many reviewers noted the awkward camera angles and environment during gameplay. Microsoft Windows version When Vice City was released to Microsoft Windows in May 2003, it received similar critical acclaim. Metacritic calculated an average score of 94 out of 100, indicating universal acclaim based on 30 reviews. It was the highest rated Windows game on Metacritic in 2003. Reviewers liked the visual enhancements and were generally positive toward the control improvements. The port's visuals received a positive response from reviewers. All games Mark Hoogland praised the improved car details, environmental textures, and weather effects. GameSpot's Craig Cassavan echoed similar remarks, noting occasional frame rate drops. GameSpy's Sal Accardo 
commended the draw distance improvements, identifying very few texture issues. IGN's Steve Butts found the port's system requirements to be reasonable, unlike Grand Theft Auto 3, and praised the faster load times. Eurogamer's Martin Taylor was critical of the visuals, stating that the higher resolutions, quote, aren't kind to the overall visual quality, and also criticized the hardware requirements. The control changes of the port were generally well-received. Most reviewers found the targeting and shooting mechanics to be improved with mouse and keyboard controls. Eurogamer's Taylor called them far more fluid, and GameSpy's Accardo wrote, there's simply no substitute for aiming with a mouse. However, the driving control changes were widely criticized. IGN's Butts called it crap. All Games Hoogland found the controls to be more forgiving over time. Mobile version. When Vice City was released on mobile devices in December 2012, it received generally favorable reviews. Metacritic calculated an average score of 80 out of 100 based on 19 reviews. Reviewers liked the enhanced visuals, but criticism was directed at the touchscreen controls. The port's visuals were well-received. Destructoid's Chris Carter felt that they suit the neon and bright pastel veneer and wrote that the new lighting effects and smoothed-out engine really allow the game to pop like it never has before. IGN's Justin Davis praised the updated character models, the lighting, and the textures. And Touch Arcade's Eric Ford noted that the, quote, visuals are improved, but not in a drastic manner. Now Gamer found that the mobile display improves the visual enjoyment of the game, despite the issues with the original game. Tom Hoggins of The Telegraph identified some issues with character models, but stated, quote, the city looks terrific. Most reviewers criticized the port's touchscreen controls. Pocket Gamer's Mark Brown found them to be not ideal, but noted that this was also the case in the original game. While Digital Spies' Scott Nichols felt that the game, quote, only complicated the controls further. IGN's Davis was thankful for the addition of customizable controls and wrote that they make the experience much more controllable and Touch Arcade's Ford greatly appreciated the, develop, the developer's efforts to, quote, make the situation bearable. Destructoid's Carter spoke favorably of the controls, despite noting awkward character movement, while the telegrapher's Hoggins found the controls, quote, far more accomplished than Grand Theft Auto 3's mobile port. Commercial Performance Sales Within 24 hours of its release, Vice City sold over 500,000 copies. Within two days of its release, Vice City sold 1.4 million copies, making it the fastest-selling game in history at the time. It was the highest-selling game of 2002 in the United States. By 2004, the game had sold 5.97 million units, and by December 2007, it had sold 8.2 million units. By July 2006, it had sold 7 million copies and earned 300 million in the United States alone. Next Generation ranked it as the highest selling game launched for the PlayStation 2, Xbox, or GameCube between January 2000 and July 2006 in that country, beating Grand Theft Auto 3 and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas.
In February 2005, it was released as a part of PlayStation's Greatest Hits collection, indicating high sales. In Japan, Vice City sold about 223,000 copies in its first week and over 410,000 by January 2008. The game earned a Diamond Award in the United Kingdom, indicating over 1 million sales. By March 2008, the game had sold over 17.5 million units worldwide, making it one of the best-selling PlayStation 2 games. Accolades Vice City received multiple nominations and awards from gaming publications. It was named the best PlayStation 2 game at the first British Academy Award Games, the Golden Joystick Awards, and from Entertainment Weekly, IGN, and GameSpot. It was also awarded the prestigious Ultimate Game at the Golden Joystick Awards. The game was awarded Best Action Adventure Game from the British Academy Games Awards, also GameSpot and IGN. The game's sound also received several awards and nominations. It won Best Music from GameSpot and was nominated for Best Sound. And it won the award for Sound at the British Academy Games Awards. It won Design at the British Academy Games Awards and was nominated for Best Graphics by GameSpot. The game was the runner-up for IGN's Reader's Choice Overall Gamer of the Year and was nominated for GameSpot's award for Best Story. It was awarded Best PC Game at the British Academy Games Awards. Controversies Similar to its predecessors, Vice City generated several controversies. It has been labeled as violent and explicit and is considered highly controversial by many special interest groups. Peter Hartlob of SFGate noted the game's, quote, mindless violence, but simply attributed it to the developer's attempt to achieve accuracy. Jeremy Pope, who worked on various Rockstar games including Vice City, vowed never to work on violent games again due to their portrayal in the mainstream media. In Australia, the game was pre-edited to receive an MA15 Plus classification. An uncensored version was released in 2010, retaining its classification. In November 2003, the Haitian Centers Council and Haitian Americans for Human Rights staged a protest in New York publicly criticizing the game, contending that it invited the player to harm Haitian immigrants and claiming that it depicted Haitians as thugs, thieves, and drug dealers. In response, Rockstar issued a press release apologizing, apologizing and acknowledging the concern, but insisted that the violence should be taken within the context of the game, which also contains violence towards other ethnic groups. When New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg threatened distributor Take-Two Interactive with legal action, the company apologized and removed offensive statements from future copies of the game. In January 2004, North Miami's majority Haitian American Council filed an ordinance to ban the selling or renting of violent games to anyone under 18 without parental permission. The proposal, apparently sparked by Vice City, was supported by North Miami Mayor Josephat Celestine, who stated, quote, We don't believe the First Amendment was written to protect those who want to incite violence. The case was later downgraded from federal court to state court. On June 7, 2003, 18-year-old Devin Moore shot and killed two Alabamian police officers 
and a dispatcher before fleeing in a patrol car. He was later apprehended. In statements to police, Moore reportedly said, quote, Life is like a video game. Everybody's got to die sometime. A $600 million lawsuit was filed against Rockstar Games, Take-Two Interactive, Sony Computer Entertainment, GameStop, and Walmart, claiming that Moore frequently played Vice City and that his experience within the game led him to commit the crimes. The plaintiff's attorney, Jack Thompson, claimed the graphic nature of the game caused Moore to commit the crimes. Thompson removed himself from the case Strickland v. Sony in November 2005 after being scrutinized by the judge for unprofessional conduct. In March 2006, the Supreme Court rejected an appeal by the defendants to dismiss the case. In September 2006, Thompson brought another $600 million lawsuit against Cody Posey, Rockstar Games, Take-Two Interactive, and Sony Computer Entertainment. The lawsuit claimed that 14-year-old Posey played the game obsessively before murdering his father, stepmother, and stepsister on a ranch in Hondo, New Mexico. Posey's defense team argued that he was abused by his father and was taking Zoloft at the time of the killings. The suit alleged that the murders would not have taken place if Posey had not obsessively played Vice City. The case was dismissed in December 2007, as New Mexico held no jurisdiction over Sony or Take-Two. In July 2017, the Psychic Friends Network sued Rockstar over the character named Auntie Poulet, alleging similarities between the character and Yori Harris. Harris, who performed as a psychic under the name Miss Cleo, also voiced Auntie Poulet. Legacy Mike Snyder of US Today wrote that Vice City raised the bar for video games, citing its interactivity, violence, and soundtrack. Kotaku's Luke Plunkett and PC Magazine's Jeffrey L. Wilson both named Vice City the best game in the series, with the former naming it the perfect Grand Theft Auto experience. The readers of official UK PlayStation magazine named Vice City the fourth greatest PlayStation title ever released. Art director Aaron Garbu felt that, alongside its predecessor, Grand Theft Auto 3, and successor of San Andreas, Vice City led the trend of open-world games. Ports and Remakes Grand Theft Auto Vice City was released for Microsoft Windows on May 12, 2003 supporting higher screen resolutions and draw distance, and featuring more detailed textures. A GameCube release was planned, but later canceled. For its release on the Xbox in December 2003, Vice City was bundled with Grand Theft Auto 3 in a compilation titled Grand Theft Auto Double Pack. The Xbox port features custom soundtrack support as well as improved audio, polygon models, and reflections, over the previous ports. Double Pack was later bundled with San Andreas in a compilation titled Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, released in October 2005. The trilogy was released for OSX on November 12, 2010. For the game's 10th anniversary in 2012, War Drum Studios ported Vice City to several iOS and Android devices. The port is almost identical to the Windows version of the game, but with enhanced visuals and customizable layouts. 
The iOS version was released on December 6th, while the Android version was briefly delayed to December 12th due to technical issues. This port was also released on Fire OS devices on May 15th, 2014. A PlayStation 3 version of Vice City was released on January 30th, 2013 via the PlayStation Network. The original PlayStation 2 version of the game was released for PlayStation 4 on December 5th, 2015. Alrighty, everybody, that does it for the history of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I hope you enjoyed. I found a lot of that really interesting, particularly the controversy, the controversy and, and all that stuff. I didn't know that there was all these court cases and, and litigation and everything. I didn't realize there that was that much of a hubbub. So that just makes me appreciate GTA that much more that they've they've fought for for our entertainment and and the right to keep entertaining us and pushing the envelope like they do. We love it. If you enjoy the GTA podcast, I first of all I appreciate it. Uh, t- tell other people about it. Feel free to spread the word. Tell them to subscri- subscribe on their favorite podcast app. But if you like this podcast, you might like my other podcast. It's a talk radio parody show, sort of like. Grand Theft Auto Talk Radio. It's called Talk Time Radio, available on all your favorite podcast apps. It's Talk Radio gone hilariously wrong. So thank you once again for tuning in to the Grand Theft Auto Podcast. We, I will have another one to you very soon. You have my word. In the meantime, feel free to reach out to me and us at the GTA Podcast at gmail.com or at the GTA Podcast on Twitter. I'd, I'd love to hear from you, ideas from the, for the show, if you want to call in, any of that stuff. I always love hearing from you guys. So until the next time you hear my voice, this is Jaden saying, keep grinding, motherfuckers. Yeah.